we can go ahead and uh, start going right now. So this is the uh, Texas Post Game Show. Zay, you and I are born and raised in Austin, man. That was a tough one. 34-30. Lots of stuff to get into. You know, probably take, you know, you and I will probably only do an hour, but um, lots this week to get into. But, man, I've watched a ton of these, and that one, that one crushes me just about as much as anyone. I kind of feel like I'm on the other side of Stony Clark right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, that one hurts. Absolute heartbreaking loss. You know, Texas seemed like they beat themselves. I mean, you got to give Brent Venables and that Oklahoma team credit. They came in and they were the more locked in team. They were the more disciplined squad and they were ready for this game where this Horns team at times looked timid. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian play calling at times was very questionable. And yeah, Quinn Ewers got outplayed by Dylan Gabriel, point blank period. As good as those 19 straight completions were, those three turnovers by number three, you just can't have that in this game, especially if you don't turn the ball over for Oklahoma. So I'm right there with you, KD. That was one of the most heartbreaking losses I've seen in this game. And with all that you had on the line, you win that with the rest of the schedule and how it looks for you. Hey, you basically had a nice one-way trip to Jerry World, and now who knows what's going to happen. We talked about it uh, this week that, you know, this was – I didn't want to downplay the game too much, but I also knew going in win or lose, and it's a loss now, and Texas was beat. I mean, there were holding calls, 19 of them that weren't called in Oklahoma. There was weird plays. Texas got beat. Um, OU had the rushing advantage, and – really won the line of scrimmage, especially on the defensive line. You know, early on, I mean, they, they popped some with Jonathan Brooks later, but the good thing about this game is maybe it'll teach you something. And the reality we talked about this week, win or lose, that there's a good chance if you run the table, you're in the Big 12 championship game. And if you win that, then – but, you know, that, that's still a tough pill to swallow. So, uh, you know, I thought Quinn, two or one of those three turnovers wasn't his fault. To me, it wasn't. I mean, you know, Bowman made a great play on JT at the line, of, you know, at the goal line, but that's a touchdown. You're at fourth and one or first and one, first and goal from the one, and you can't punch it in. Like there were little things in this game, whether Texas was sloppy or the physicality right there, that that they got beat, man. Yeah. They got beat, and you hit the nail on the head emotionally. We talked about this for the two hours yesterday that, like, it's you have to get up for this game. And I didn't feel like Texas was. I mean, oh, Texas is more talented. This reminds me of 89 being on the other end of games where OU was better than we were and we won because you go in there and it's a street fight and they didn't fight quick enough. No, they didn't. And I'm with you. JT Sanders, he has to catch that. If you're going to be out there, I don't give a damn if you're 100% or not. If right. you're going to play, you got to make that catch. And yeah, you're right. Bowman absolutely blew it up. And that led to an interception. And yeah, I was completely shocked by the line of scrimmages on both sides for Texas, just getting abused. Like Quinn Ewers was on the ground way too much 
way yeah. too much. Yeah. And I did not think that Brent Venables, which shout out to him, that dude, he had his defense ready and they were throwing Texas with Jake Majors out the game. You bring in the Westlake alum, Connor Robinson, and he was good at times, but then he showed why. You had to bring that up, didn't you? Didn't you say? I, I mean, yo, I had to bring it up. I, I had to bring it up. The dude's a redshirt freshman. He played well, but there were He's some. He's going to be a good moments. player, but. He's not ready. And Derek Williams is coming for Catalan. And Gunnar Helm played well. But, like, Jake Majors goes out. and But I'll say it's beyond Jake Majors. So, Jake Majors does make all the calls for pass pro. That's huge. You know this. The guy in basketball or the safety in football makes all the calls or the linebacker and they're out. It's not even about, you know, athleticism or how well you play. It's like, can you cerebrally do all the stuff that that guy was doing? and getting everyone lined up and with majors out it, it it probably played into it i mean there was a lot of bad luck early i mean the game started with a kickoff where there's an obvious face mask and they don't call it i'm like oh here we go you know here we go i mean you know i'm looking at my football gods i'm like are you doing that today but but there was more more of it than that where ou was more physical and early on and you know props to them they they we're an underdog and for a reason and Texas is more talented and oh you won this football game. Yeah, yeah. And it's unfortunate because you thought coming into this game with those five games that we saw with Oklahoma, their running game has been struggling. All five games has been struggling. And you thought with this front line for Texas and all the guys that they rotate, yo, this front line for Texas, they were really a no-show in my opinion. They didn't get Dylan Gabriel down and they got gutted on the run. A lot of that was due to Gabriel having over 113 yards on the ground. Like that's a serious problem and if that were to happen then I'm not surprised you know before we went back before this game started if you told me that was going to happen I wouldn't be surprised if Texas lost this game and we saw the come out but yeah man Marcus Major just tough running you know running yards and just being physical Walker he was physical and was laying the boom on some yeah. of our guys in the burn orange. And for them to put Farouk, he might have been the X factor for them today, the wide receiver number three, Jahil Farouk, because when they used him as a running back, he was productive, and then just getting the ball in his hands. He was making guys yeah. miss all game long, and it's just like, man, this defense, they took a step back. I know you're without Ryan Watts, and that was huge. Like, it showed. I yeah. didn't think it would. It showed. Gavin Holmes struggled at times. Terrence Brooks, that was a brutal pass interference call on the And by the way, you're out with you're out you're out with Watts and Catalan. So you got two guys there who are experienced, played a lot of football. Yeah. You know, and whoa, uh yeah, you definitely felt that Jalen Ford played the worst game he's played in a long time. Yeah, that was surprising, man. Uh, he looked a step slow, he looked injured. It was I weird. Agree. I he looked injured, and I don't know. He probably won't admit it, but Sark's probably going to get questions about it. But there are multiple times where he had the one-on-one -on -one tackle with Dylan Gabriel in the second half, and it wasn't like Dylan Gabriel was hitting him with some Barry Sanders, Mike Vick type shit. It was just no. one cut and up the field. And right. that was so deflating 
at the time that it was happening. And Texas, they were never able to overcome that, KD. And to have all the mistakes, the self-inflicted wounds, as Steve Sarkeesian likes to say, all the false starts, Quinn Ewers getting sacked, you have three big-time turnovers. To lose by four, there damn sure ain't no moral victories around here, especially in this game. But to lose by four, that's saying a lot because Oklahoma, with everything that went their way, they could have easily won it by double digits in Texas. They fought hard, but just too many mistakes, and that's why you saw 34-30. They could have, though. I mean, what was the score I gave you, if you remember? 34-27, Texas wins. Yeah, right? yeah. It actually probably should have played out that way. You get that touchdown, and, uh, man, it's um, it's beyond frustrating. But, you know, Gabriel killed Texas, too, with his legs. I mean, he, he mm-hmm. so – Every back, I mean, Walker and Major mainly are the two ones they used, averaged three yards a carry and netted, was it 90 yards uh, or actually 70 yards? It was Gabriel who went for 113, including sacks, which are counted in college, in an 8.1 clip and a touchdown and along a 44. They didn't tackle well. They weren't disciplined. I felt like emotionally – OU came out and was ready to go and pissed off about 49 nothing, And it turns into you get behind, you know, the chains, so to speak, get behind the game, and you've got to, you know, Texas, like most teams, they didn't have enough time to actually come back and win this thing. There would have been one more quarter, I think, Texas wins, but too late. And OU brought it to them. And, you know, I did not like the soft defense. I never liked that prevent type defense, even though there's no timeouts, man, they're going to go down the field. And that went way too quickly. I'm with you too. I think you hit the nail on the head. I don't think Sark's play calling, which has been very good. And there's not another play caller I want. So this is, it was not where it needed to be. And there was just a, a lack of a feel for him and the team. They just, they felt flat for a lot of this game. Yeah, that third drive in the second half, that was the game to me, you know, when it's 27-20 Oklahoma and you're right on the one-yard line and you can't get that touchdown. Like, that was Sark at his worst. You bring in Byron Murphy, you bring in Trevondre Sweat. and By the way, why why do you not tush-push on first down there? What, like Philly style? Yes. <laughs> They're giving you with legislation like this easy thing. Get Byron Murphy back there and have them just shove yours into the end zone. And the pitch on third down was awful. Oh, gosh, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's because they don't want Quinn to get hurt because I see guys in the NFL. They're starting to try it and it doesn't look like what Jalen. All right. Hurt. Bring in number 17, Sebion Red. Do True. that. True, true. When they brought him in, I like that little pass that they had with him. That was, uh, you know, that was solid by Sark and Savion getting the first down on another play. But yeah, man, that's it's a tough loss. The fact that they were even in this game, that's crazy to me. And 
yeah, there were just too many mistakes throughout yeah. the game and so many guys out of the lineup. You just wanted the horns to be able to hold on. And I didn't like Quinn Ewers getting sacked on that last drive where Burt Auburn kicked the field goal and made it. Shout out to him. I've been no, on Burt Auburn you said, you said, you go, you know what? The way this game works, Burt Auburn will probably be the hero. And, man, yeah. you, were, you were right You're, there until – until PK and the D couldn't hold up. Yeah, if Quinn doesn't get sacked, then they could get some more yardage and squeeze that clock a little bit more. But they gave Dylan Gabriel and that offense way too much time. And shout out to Jeff Levy. He definitely earned a pay raise or something. I don't think anybody's talking about his father-in-law, Art Browse, now with that big win and the performance that they put they actually, on. That they actually the probably are. Here. They probably still are. But it doesn't look as bad with how good his play calling was, especially, you know, that last drive of the game. And, yeah, Terrence Brooks, that's a bad pass interference call. But you're right, man. There's just too much space for those wide receivers to make moves. And Drake Stoops, you know, this guy somehow finesse his way and finding another year of eligibility next year and be back to haunt Longhorn fans' dreams again because that dude, of course, of course his bitch ass. I'm sorry, Drake Stoops, you're probably a nice guy, but your dad made our life hell for a over 20 years, it felt like. Of course, his ass gets, like, big-time yardage to help them win the game with Nick Anderson, who yeah. was pretty quiet the whole game. Like, yeah. I know Rodney Rodriguez on Chaos Theory, shout out to Rodney, he's been saying all week how much Nick Anderson has, you know, scares him and that dude being 6'4". You thought you would thought of thought, excuse me, he would have been a more of a problem. He wasn't until the last play of the game. And yeah, this one hurts. But moving on, I don't think this team could love the bye week more. With all yeah. the guys that you have injured, JT yeah. Sanders, I don't even know if he was 50% today, KD. Like that dude, Gunner Hell. I told you all week, Zay. Like we've had, you and I have had ankle injuries. And JT's much better athlete than both of us, and you're a better athlete than I was. But, like, you know that, like, when you have that type of – any type of ankle injury, man, like, to, like, be what you were a week later, yeah. it doesn't happen. And he obviously wasn't. And Gunnar Helm played really well. I expected, I told you, for them to slip Gunnar Helm past people because they're not going to pay attention to him. There's too many other weapons. But they didn't really get their comeback game in open grass – open space game going until second half. Like everything was just too late, you know? And so, I mean, at, at the fourth quarter, they're just, they were going down the field, you know, but it was too late and you left it up to the defense. And I think Sark and PK have been great this year as mines. I think they got out coached or out called today in Texas. faced a team that had a lot of emotion and piss and vinegar. And uh, they got him. And it was really close, which shows you, like like you said, the Texas, where, they're, where they are talent-wise, OU's a lot more talented this year. We, we said on Friday, both of us, we have no idea who they are. Uh, one of their players said that, right? They hadn't played anyone. They could be really good. They could be closer to last year. They're pretty good, man. 
Yeah, they're pretty good. They earn my respect today. And you might want to go back and think, did Texas take this team lightly? Did Texas look at them as, oh, man, what we're seeing on film, Iowa State, they ain't shit. Cincinnati, they ain't shit. Who have they played? We've beat Alabama, so we're tested. They haven't seen anybody like us. But, yeah, you're right again, KD. Levy, Venables, they outcoach Sark yeah. and Pete Mikowski. They, yeah. they got them. They absolutely got it. First time this year, man. I know CC was CC's a legend, Zay's dad, and was running shop here in Austin as a basketball coach forever. But he got out coached a couple times. Like it it doesn't happen. I'm not looking for changes, but like you got out coached. So lick your wounds and be honest about it. Yeah, yeah, it happens. And that wide receiver core for Oklahoma, not only were they solid on yards after catch and stuff, but when it comes to blocking, which I said this week, this is a tougher wide receiver core than you would expect. When they do those smoke screens and get the ball out, yo, their blocking was on point. They were moving our cornerbacks and secondary players like it was nothing. Also holding at times, but also blocking really well. They were. But, you know – KD, in this type of game, you got to let some stuff go. You got to let just no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. Call game. it every fucking time, right? <laughs> call it every time. Both ways. Call it every time. Not hey. both ways, but call it every time. Uh, I hear that. I hear that. But there's some stuff. As a former ref, when a game's like this, you yeah. want to be as less in- involved as possible. You do not want to be involved. And, yeah, they missed a lot of stuff, which a lot of Texas fans are going to definitely remember. But, nah, man, you can't bitch about this loss and bitch about the refs. you got to understand that you just lost. There's way way too much other stuff that is self-inflicted. You may have an awful day at work, right? And if six or seven of the eight things that you're really upset about are on you, you can't think about the boss and whatever happened with HR as the one or two others. It's like, nah, I also had a bad day at the office and Texas did today. Yeah. But you know what I love? Like they fought, like there are other Texas teams when they're down 10, that would have been a 17 point loss, man. You're right. Those guys believed. And so I like that. And um, you know, you and I both said, first off, you nailed the wide receiver blocking. And on the flip side, one thing that's not been good this year are the Texas wide receivers blocking. Yeah. They've been okay at times, but not like that. And we saw smoke screens on both sides, whether there was an outside grab or not, also some other pretty good blocks and OU springs it. And Texas is getting blown up in the second and 14. Like I love Mitchell. Mitchell's got to block better. He's got to be more committed. He's got to actually put his nose in there. Xavier's obviously smaller, but you've got to match that up. JT missed some blocks today. And I don't know if that's his ankle and planning or what, but he's been a pretty good blocker. And he had some blocks on the perimeter that weren't there. Oh, there are times he got absolutely blown up and it mucked up the whole play. And that, again, that's another thing that's just shocking. This defense for Brent Venables, they were for real today. Like, they showed why they caused havoc, and they're probably still top five in turnover margin because they got three today. So they've been doing that all year. They've been uh, second in the nation coming into this game and forcing turnovers with around two a game, and they got three today. 
They got three huge turnovers that they scored off of the second play of the game, the Quinn Ewers throw. And, you know, I do have to give love to Quinn Ewers. As bad as he was with the fumble and the two picks, he was still 31 for 37 with over 300 yards, and he had a point of... uh, uh, Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Um, He had a couple of those drives where he went 19 straight passes for completions. Like that dude, he stayed calm and was making the right throws. It's just all those sacks and just, you know, false starts. And Jaron Thompson, that, you know, unnecessary roughness, that was brutal. Also a pick that that would have been three points, which would have changed, you know, a lot of stuff in this game. I mean, there are a lot of things to look at where Texas – shot themselves in the foot and yeah it's uh it's pretty frustrating um there there were also some play calls like we talked about that i just kind of look at and i'm like man what what really happened there by the way shout out to clean calls uh they, they've got great products to date they've given more than two million in support of recovery from alcohol and drug addiction it's cleancause.com They've got a lot of different organic sparkling products, zero calories, low or zero calories, and um, some natural caffeine in there. So give them a shout. We want to appreciate. Uh, we want to say thanks to them for actually being a part of this. Uh, do you want to look at Zay? I- I'm curious because this is one of those post games we started right after, and I didn't. You know, it was such a close game all the way. I wouldn't even thinking about offensive MVP. Who do you have? Um, I'm gonna go with Quinn. Yours. I am too. I am too. I'm gonna go with Quinn, man. Like he he had two turnovers on him, but the way he bounced back, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely bounced back, and he had three, but two on him. Right, right. Yeah, JT Sanders has to make that catch. You know you're going to get hit. you got to make that catch. The ball just can't fly in the air, and for that other interception. But yeah. to be in this game and to have all that adversity hit you early and to stay composed, I don't think 2022 Quinn Ewers would have been nope. able to overcome that. Bingo. So right. to do it the way that he did this season in this game, I really appreciated that. And I definitely saw some fight in him and some moxie that you want to see in your quarterback that's facing adversity. But, yeah, I just – you thought they were going to win this game, KD. You thought after Burt Auburn's kick, that's it. Like, ain't no way they're going to drive the ball up the field. But Oklahoma, Jeff Levy, that's how they play. They play a very hurry-up tempo. So that was too much time on the clock. And, yeah. you know, obviously we're going to have to go back on all the shows on Texas Sports Unfiltered, and we'll break that down this week a little bit more thoroughly because, you know, we just got on. I want to go back and watch that game again. We'll definitely do that tonight when Wifey goes to school. But that just last drive, man, like what went wrong there? Why were they just getting so many yardage knowing that 
they had to hurry up, knowing that they had to put right. their foot on the gas. Yeah. Like, why were you playing just that scary to make it that easy? Like, I, that's just – that blows my mind that it, that happened. I know, but I, I've seen it my whole life, 1998, when AM looks like they're going to beat us here and, you know – the the clock would slow down getting out of bounds and also i guess under two minutes it would now but also with first downs actually stopping it's like a timeout um in texas went it against probably mike hankowitz and he went three three down look and very passive and soft and i you know gary darnell was the worst at it you, i mean you can eat up a lot of yards you have to be aggressive at some point there and take a chance and you can still play six in the back end, but you've got to put some pressure on them and gets back to the pressure that, you know, getting back to Quinn Ewers too, he's 31 and 37. He's got one pick on him, not a good read, double slant concept and was late. He's got the fumble. All right, you're being aggressive, but you got to make sure you get down or take care of that. And then the one on JT, which may have been a little on him, but more on JT. It was how he sacked five times, man. He was, I don't know how many pressures they had. Yeah. You know, the Texas offensive line, um, which had been great, just did not show up. And I don't know how much of that is Jake Majors or Cole Hudson, or now you got two starters from the original uh, lineup out. But, you know, the false starts you talked about, and, and JT's also an inline blocker for them when he's healthy, and he, he didn't block well today. They just didn't shove them around. So for years to be sacked five times and to do all that, I thought was that was pretty impressive. Considering too, like you hit the nail on the head, man. Last year, he does not recover from that stuff. Oh, he looking around, deer in the headlights look. Like last year, Quinn Ewers would have been rattled. And yeah, to be that composed, knowing that. Those guys in the white, they are coming after you on every play. And he's made some really good plays, especially in this game, moving around in the pocket so we could have those clear open lanes to make those throws instead of having those defensive linemen getting their hands up there to bat balls down. Like when yours has gotten so much better of being active in the pocket and not letting yep. guys collapse, but it was just too much today. It was just way too much for my liking. And Chip Brown said it before the season at Horns 24-7. They made a chart at each position group for the Longhorns, all nine position groups we went through. And you know who was number nine, KD? Offensive line. And yeah. even though they have all those guys coming back and all the But they, but they, they played a lot better than that in five games. Is that yeah. fair? Like, I mean, it, it may have been three or four or two or three. And so today, today they look more like number nine. Yeah, yeah. But, like, also, if you go back at, against Rice, they gave up sacks. Against Wyoming, they gave up sacks. And Oklahoma has way better dudes than that. So, Brent Venables, going into this week, if you're looking at all the film that Texas has on tape in 2023, you're looking at the Rice game, you're like, damn, those smart-ass dudes are getting after these guys? I got some dogs that could do it. Damn, those – Bootleg Yellowstone, cornball or corn, uh, uh, excuse me, cowboy looking motherfuckers. Those dudes are out here getting to Quinn Ewers a lot. Okay, I think we can too. And he was exactly right. The fact that they just made the offensive line like they were better. That defensive yeah. line, those seven guys, they were better. 
And Danny Stutzman, he completely outplayed Jalen Ford today. You mentioned yeah. we've never seen Jalen Ford play that bad. It was so weird to see 41 play like that. He just looked a step slow. I don't know if he's dealing with an injury. I'm not going to speculate anything. But I've been he saying – He wasn't him, week, though. He wasn't him. It wasn't. It wasn't. And I've been saying all week, dog, you've been hearing all the talk that Danny Stutzman's getting. That should piss you off. And Danny Stutzman looked like the better linebacker today. Yeah, he did. Oh, so that's absolutely heartbreaking. You and I talked about yesterday with how weak the Big 12 is. Kansas State goes down to Oklahoma State yesterday. So that game's not looking too good. Losing one game in the Big 12 ain't good because I think two in the Big 10 are going to get in whether it's Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan. I think that an SEC team's going to get in. you got to worry about Florida State, and you got to worry about all that just Pac-12. going on in the Pac-12. Exactly. Right, because the Pac-12 is the best conference, and they're, they're going to rate that way because now they're just playing each other, and they, they cleaned up Yeah, you look at non-conference. Yeah. So Pac-12 has that step up. So if there's a one-loss Pac-12 team, yeah, uh, you, you could be in – could be in serious danger i mean as much as i was having fun with it i wouldn't even worry about the playoff though this is still a program that i want to see him have double digit wins this year is that fair yeah absolutely um and i'd say about the offensive line you're right about the pressures because there were games where they were giving up too much pressures rice threw some stuff at him like you said wyoming too but it was more the way they were wearing on people in the fourth quarter. And you can maybe say they did that in this game as they started to run the ball, but that was where they, they'd really improved and they really didn't do that much, man. Yeah. I mean, they certainly gave up too many pressures, but if you're going to give up pressures. Make sure you guys are ground and pound, right. And go. And they just weren't. And um, this, it shows you kind of where Texas is at, that it was that tight of a game because they got outplayed. Oh, yeah, completely, completely outplayed. And on the other side, vice versa, Texas defensive line, that's their main focus for the defense. They were a no-show today. Dylan Gabriel never hit the ground. If anything, he was picking up yards with his legs, 113 yards on the ground. Like, he gutted yeah. that Texas front line. Like, there was no pressure on him. And when there was pressure, they couldn't get to him. He always rolled out, and one of the biggest plays of the game, KD, one of the biggest plays of the game before the end of the first half, ball snaps over Dylan Gabriel's head. This is where experience comes into play. Dude, this is where experience comes into play. That mother lover picks it up. We don't don't jump on that. We don't sack him. He picks it up and throws it out of bounds. It's fourth and three now. Keelan Robinson absolutely smokes the punt. Roughing the uh, roughing the kicker. No, no. Here's the other thing. It was running into to make your point even more. It, it yeah. looked like roughing. So I'm with you. Legs up. But I think they called running into. Okay. Which is a yeah. five yard penalty. That's it. And it was fourth and three. If you know, when I saw Anthony Hill, you know, I saw the the race and Gabriel is ahead because he's you know it's over his head. But I'm thinking. Yo, Anthony, you got to at least tackle this guy. And that ended up being that was another three points, like the Jaron Thompson drop or the seven points with first and goal from the one. Um, 
Like you, I mean, you have to make those plays in this game to win, and Texas didn't. Yeah, yeah, and Texas, they seemed a little fatigued. You know, we've been talking about all week long, all season long, that PK, you know, they've done a really good job of rotating guys, especially on that line. But with that levy offense, they seem tired. And they were very smart of not bringing extra guys in so Texas could sub in guys at the same time. They would keep the same core in when they were going fast at that up-tempo so Texas guys couldn't go get water on the sidelines. So Texas got worn down, and that's shocking to me. I didn't think that would happen. I thought they would be able to get to Dylan Gabriel. I thought the run game would be stopped. And those things didn't happen, which opened up the pass game. And those receivers for Oklahoma, like, they're a lot better than advertised with their blocking and just a short yeah. route. Gabriel, he was throwing it on the money just a couple of times in the second half. There were some miscues there. But, yeah, it's – I'm going to have to watch he this He's so game. Josh Heupel, by the way. He's yeah. Josh Heupel. I'm not going to say he's got Jamel Holloway's legs, but he's got better legs than Heupel, but he looks like Bradford. Looks like Bradford plays like Heifel and can run a little bit. Like, yeah. he's, he's not fun to play with. Oh, he's not. No, he earned my respect, man. Yeah. He's a smaller guy, but the way he was running around out there, how quick he was getting the ball out of his hands. You got Dude, he was bleeding. Do you see the blood coming out of his <laughs> Yo, that was – that felt like majestic movie type varsity blues. I, shit. I was like, yo, this is crazy. But, yo, Herbstreit made a good comparison when they were talking about Tua. Obviously, he doesn't have, like, the arm strength yeah. that Tua does, which if he did, he'd be a top 10 pick like Tua was. But he does have that lefty release that's yeah. pretty. And, you know, shout out to Jeff Levy. Throwing those quick shots, you don't allow that defense to get to you because the ball is out of his hands. And it's kind of shame on the secondary for not playing tighter to allow those easy receptions to happen. I will stick with my comp that I gave you this week. He's Kellen Moore. Um, that's who he is. He, he, maybe, maybe even a little stronger arm, but Kellen Moore at, at Boise State. Very accurate. Anticipates well. Usually gets it out pretty quickly. Reads stuff well. Uh, he can run a little bit more than Moore. But Moore could actually run at Boise State probably more than people think. So, um, All right. So the offensive MVP, we're giving it to, and I, I'm with you on that. Give it to Quinn Ewers. And you may hear that and like, what? There's no one on the offensive line. You could maybe give it to Gunnar Helm if you want to. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. He was solid. I, I thought he did his thing. You know, and, and, yeah. and, and X made some plays uh, down down the stretch. So, I mean, there were other guys, but I'm with you. I, I kind of like your thought there. So, the offensive MVP is brought to you by Verdes Mexican Parilla. Uh, it's off uh, Hamilton Pool Road, off 71 in Spicewood. Beautiful area. They've got an extensive menu of pretty much tr traditional Mexican and Tex-Mex favorites. Really good spot. Go see them. It's Verde's Mexican Parilla. Uh, they can host a party, cater, or obviously just go in there, covered patio, the whole thing. So uh, props to them. All right, defensive MVP brought to you by Kenfield Golf Cars. You know, Jade Barron, I think, let him, let me check, in tackling and made some plays and was aggressive. Jalen Ford was tied for second. We're not giving it to him. Jalen, we love you. You know that you didn't have your best game. Anthony Hill would be there. I almost I kind of want to give it to, even though he only had three total tackles, I felt like the guy who showed up 
and batted balls down and made the best run plays was Tavondre Sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, it's a short list. No, I know. <laughs> no, you you and I came on last week and I'm like, we got nine guys from each we could use. And now I'm thinking, who do we pick? Yeah, yeah. It was tough, man. I, you know, we talked about it yesterday, how we would rather have JT Sanders on the field than Ryan Watts. I don't know now. I, yeah. I, I really – Gunnar Helm played? I'm with you, man. The way, Yeah, the way that yeah. Gunnar Helm played and the way that – like Gavin Although you Watts, and I also said Gunnar Helm's talented and, like, he could be a threat. So but he's not JT, but I'm with you, man, the way the yeah. secondary played, you know? Yeah, Malik Muhammad was probably the best out of the three corners that I saw today. But Gavin Holmes, he had plays where, you know. He had a rough day. Terrence Brooks had a rough day. Yeah, man. Like, just, it was tough. It it was tough. And this bye week couldn't come soon enough. You got to get guys healthy. You think about Jake Majors. I don't know the significance in that injury, but it didn't look good one bit. JT Sanders, obviously he's hurt. Ryan Watts, we just named. Jalen Catalan got hurt today, which you were just kind of crossing your fingers that that dude would be able to stay healthy. With this history going back to Arkansas – I'm surprised he lasted so long. Right? I I was just like, it was just a matter of time. When he went down, I was like, there it is. And of course it's this game. And it's also the type of player he is. Like, you know, he is straight up Pearl Harbor kamikaze pilot. Yeah. And I mean that in the best way, unlike, you know, probably the wrong analogy to use there. But you get my point that he's one of those guys you know that he's going to crash and burn because he goes that hard and he's that physical. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Heartbreaking loss, man. You always hate losing to this team, but the way that they lost. They got beat. Yeah, they got beat, but you can't knock all the self-inflicted wounds that the Horns had in this game to help OU out and help them get the dub where they basically played the clean game. Like Brent Venable's squad, they basically played a clean game and they did what they had to do. All the pressure was on Texas and a little bit of that showed. It looked like a team that, you know, all eyes are on them. If you went out, you get to the CFP, you're back. You haven't been here in a long time if you're, you know, down the 40 acres. So that pressure, it's a motherfucker. (laughs) For real. It's a motherfucker for if you let it get to you and – Hey, that's what happened, and hopefully the Horns can see these guys in Jerry World if both teams take care of business. But like I've been saying all year long with how the Big 12 is, again, Kansas State goes down yesterday. Tech's already had multiple losses. Baylor has. Like, it's pretty damn weak. It's going to be tough for the committee to see that conference and say, y'all deserve to have a team in the CFP, which – with it being the last year with four teams. So all you could do is control what you can control and get back to work. Yeah. I mean, so someone's pressing, jumping in here saying, Oh, you had their fair share of mistakes too. gave Texas opportunities. You're right to get back in the game, but Oh, you was cleaner overall. Neither team was completely clean, which gave Texas a chance to come back. But I also think both teams forced some of that. I mean, you know, you and I saw Bowman in high school. We saw Bowen. They both made big plays, and it's not shocking. You know, I mean, but, but those kids can really ball. And so they, they've gotten better with transfers, bringing kids in. And look, Venables is a good defensive coach. That was never Mike, that was more on Mike Stoops when he got 
unceremoniously uh, kind of like ushered out, and then he goes and wins two NCs with Clemson. He, he, those were two good minds going up against each other. Levy's a good mind. Whatever you think of him personally or the family, I totally get it. But, you know, we had four good minds going up against each other, and uh, I think overall OU won that. I think Texas made good adjustments at times and got back into that thing. But this was a tight game. I mean, I hate to say this, and I'm, I'm fuming right now, but that's one of the best Texas OU games I've ever seen. Yeah, it was yeah. sloppy and there were mistakes. But I mean, in terms of the energy in the back and forth set. Yeah, the first six minutes was ridiculous. From that was the block crazy, punt, man. Yeah, the block punt, the two interceptions, like it almost gave me a heart attack. And we didn't even get into the second <laughs> quarter yet. Like that game was definitely too nerve wracking. And yeah, just. Like K Rob, we talk about him hitting the punter, Jaron Thompson, just yeah. taking an illegal shot on Dylan Gabriel. Missing Eric a pick Burke that was in his hands. Yeah, missing a pick in his hands in the red zone. Right. Nonetheless, like in the red it was, zone. He was in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, just they, they beat themselves in a way. Even though Oklahoma beat them and did what they had to do, they're going to go yeah, back cool. and watch that film. It's going to cool. be tough to watch it. And that's a frustrating thing because you can watch it and depending on, you know, you should be able to compile all these things if you've watched enough football like you have, which I know you are doing right now, that it's not one thing. It's you can probably go back and find 12 holds on Oklahoma that are pretty visible. Yeah. Some sprung stuff. All right. You can also go back and watch OU physically, certainly on the defensive line, but even offensively springing holes and defensively, you know, stunning our guys and, and really stopping the run game and getting pressure. You can go look at Texas mistakes. You can look at great OU plays. This kind of had it all to where if you want to go one way, you could say probably any of those and say, that was the game. Now there was a lot to this game. And, yeah. um, and like the, uh, the guy said, OU wasn't perfect either. I mean, it was, you know, it was an imperfect game. It was Texas OU. Uh, you could feel it. And, um, you know, Texas just came out a little bit too slow. Let's give Kenfield uh, Golf Cars some love for our defensive MVP of the game. We're going to give it to Tavondre because he's the only three tackles. No, I mean, for, for a defensive line that didn't really show up, I felt like he did. So if you're in the market for a newer pre-owned golf cart, look no further than Kinfield Golf Cars. Founded in 79, unparalleled selection of different golf carts available in new or used, and uh, really good people. You can go to KinfieldGolfCars.com for more info or give them a call, 512-258-8515. You know, the golf uh, golf cars were really prevalent in this game because man there were a lot of injuries on both sides i mean certainly texas felt that when you're you're out with you know no watts sanders really can't go majors goes down catalan goes down oh you had different guys go down this was a pretty physical game say yeah and drill anthony went down for them yep. and they had their fifth year guard go down for ou too so they had a little bit of adversity but it just seemed like texas those losses that they had got exploited more in this game where we talk about gavin holmes and terrence brooks how much they struggled well if ryan watts was playing then those guys might not get as much minutes 
You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and I thought Derek Williams at safety, him and Michael Taff, I thought they played good. Yeah. I did. I, I thought yeah. they were solid. It's not like, you know, there was a huge miss for Jalen Catalan. It's just we know what he can bring, and that's different than Derek Williams. Derek Williams might be there, but he's still a freshman. He's still trying to figure things out as good as he is. And Michael Tab, that dude was a walk-on player. So that guy, that dude just got his scholarship not too long ago. So there's a little bit of a difference there. So, yeah, man, it's just – I'm not looking forward to going back and watching this game again, like losing by four points to this team. Like that hurts. Like this was such a tough loss. <laughs> and yeah, like Sark getting out coached by Brent Venables in this one. That really hurts. That really hurts. Cause one guy's in year three and the other's in year two. And you would think that, both sides, the line of scrimmage. We thought that was going to be the game, but we thought Texas had the advantage coming in yeah. with everything that we've seen statistics-wise or just the eye test, man. What we saw against Kansas, who was ranked top 25. What we saw them do at Brian Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa and how they handled those guys and just made Jalen Milrow's life a living hell. We thought that, okay, they'd be able to do this against Oklahoma. It wasn't that one bit. And just some of the play calling, especially on those four downs, you know, when you're right at the one-yard line, you're doing yeah. tall sweeps and stuff. That's just bogus. Xavier Worthy, even though he might well, have got his head ripped off and that could have been some type of call, I don't know. It's just not good football. It's not good football one bit. The toss sweep was a bad call. Um, you know, I, I – yeah. Sark still, because he's such a good offensive mind, had some pretty good plays getting Gunner Helm behind the defense and set them up well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, for, for what we've seen from him and expect from him, I'm sure he's going to go back and be like, you know, you know should have done this. Um, you know, I have thought, because I've been able, been able to just run with it, but, like, the inside zone's almost too prevalent and too basic. And, and I know he can get creative with different counter and trap looks. And uh, I almost wish we'd see more of that from the run game, but there'll be a lot of stuff that both coaches PK too. PK is going to look back at what he did. The one twenty two on, on that last drive and say, I should have been more aggressive. So they can learn from that. Hey, what about the offensive play of the game? It's brought to you by Hat Creek Burger Company, celebrating their 15th birthday this month. They started as a food truck right behind Starbar uh, in 08, and they've continued to grow. 26 locations. They're in Austin, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Temple, and Waco. If you want a good burger and have your kids go run around, you can have a drink. That's a great spot to do it. I'm going to give this to you, man. Offensive play of the game, we could go Jonathan Brooks. Um, you know what? I'm gonna get Sideshow Bob Sober Carrot Top his love. Burnt you know what? Good, you know what? You know what? Good for you, and we should do that. Good yeah, call. man. Yeah, I'm not too proud to say I was wrong because I've been on Burnt Auburn's ass all week, especially after he missed that 26 yarder against Baylor. Then he missed two kicks against Kansas. I was saying this dude is an absolute liability. He made me eat my words in one of the clutches kicks of his career, which I feel sorry for him because he had some clutch kicks last year that resulted in losses. Well, here's another clutch kick that resulted in a loss, and it wasn't his fault. The horn should be able to take care of business, and when you go up 30 to 27 with a minute 22 left, you should be able to win that game. So, Bernard, And no timeouts with yeah. new rules, man. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. come on. 
come on, man. Like, that's just – I get you're missing all that on the defensive side. But, yeah, I, it is so hard to look at 41 and to see him play a game like that and most likely his last Red River shootout like Jalen Ford. That might have been the worst game of his career. Like it, it really yeah. would have. Like Dylan Gabriel was making him look lost. He was getting blown up at blocks. He was taking just bad reads and bad angles. So uncharacteristic for a guy that was first team all Big 12 last year. Should have been 2022 Big 12 defensive player of the year if he didn't get hosed by the Kansas State edge rusher. And today, he just wasn't there. When he's not playing well, you're in for a long day because yeah. you that's the guy that you could rely on more than anybody. That's the guy you should be able to rely on more than anybody. So if he's out here just struggling, then the rest of the defense is going to unravel like it did. And there were times where they played some solid football, but – 34 points for the squad, and I get it, the one where, you know, they were basically in their own end zone when Quinn Ewers threw the pick in the second play of the game. That's that's tough to stop. But the rest of the game, like Jalen Ford, he just struggled so much, and it was kind of infectious for the whole team. And I don't think he'll ever have a game like that again. Like, I really don't. I have yeah. enough confidence in him to make a bounce back. But in this you're game, not gonna, Zay, Zay, you know this, you're not going to play perfect every game. And I didn't expect yeah. the Texas individuals or as a team to play perfect or, or win every game this year. I mean, where they're coming from right now, they've made uh, a huge leap. And I think that this will be a really good team. I think they'll win double digits. But yeah, I mean, you know, Oklahoma's what we didn't know and what Oklahoma honestly didn't know. And if you talk to their fan base, the ones that are objective would tell you, dude, I really don't know. I know we're better. I don't know how much better. And that's kind of where all of us were. And you may be right. Texas may have seen stuff on film and taken them lightly. You know, I didn't feel like emotionally they came out. And because and, because that's usually what the line of scrimmage is. And Oklahoma came out with some fire and they, they were ready to go, you know, but the good thing about this is think about Texas. I think it was the year Dicker, the kicker ends up playing OU in the big 12 championship at Jerry world and loses. You're going to win this, win the next one. So for the Jalen Fords of the world, you tell them, Hey, we're going to get them one more time. And you're, you're going to play like you have been for most of your career. I hope so. I hope so. I hope the Horns take care of business. And whether they do or not, that's got to be the message, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I hate to say this because I never want OU to succeed, but I want them to win so they can make it to the Big 12 championship so you could see them again. Right yeah. before you go and trust Brett Yormark having OU, I mean, excuse me, having Texas and OU in that game. Brett Jerry World, I think Brett Yormark, that's as down bad as any commissioner has ever been if that were to happen. So I would love it from that standpoint too. But another person that we haven't mentioned, KD, that needs the love that my guy Chip Brown thought he should have had less reps coming into this game with how he's been playing these last few, Jordan Winnington. Yeah, Jordan Winnington was solid. He was when JT Sanders is hurt. He was that guy that was just reliable. Ten catches, 115 yards, average uh, around 12, you know, uh, per per reception. That dude, he was solid all day long, just finding the right spot and being tough. And I wish he would have got that touchdown when he went to the one yard line. Was that when they got stopped on the four downs when? Uh, Jordan Winnington got that long game. 
Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, because Whittington almost went in, and yeah. the way the Texas red zone has been, um, I you know, even getting that close, I thought this could be tough, especially with majors out and the way the OU defensive line have been playing. Someone saw on here been like, I love how OU fans are all bit on this right now. Are you that like desperate oh, right now? To be honest, yeah, don't y'all got people that have post game shows? Someone said, Oh my god, I'm playing Texas, taking OU lightly, laughing my uh, FAO. So what you were talking about earlier, I don't think no one takes this game lightly, but if the way they Texas beat them last year, it didn't feel like they matched. And maybe I'm speaking for you here. So let me know, but it didn't feel like they matched their emotional intensity early on. No, you hit the nail on the head and that OU teams a lot better than what we thought they were. No you know, doubt. Watching them these last but five once games. again, OU players on Monday said, we honestly don't know how good we are. Yeah, they had no oh, idea. So, so if you want to if you want to come in here and act like you knew they were they were going to play at that level, you know, I've got actual objective OU fans that are texting me saying, man, I was hoping we were this good. But and I told them right away, I'm like, no, nah, you guys are legit, man. This is, uh, is going to be a street fight. And, and Texas lost it late. Yeah. Lost it early and then lost it late. Yeah. And, you know, Quinn Ewers, three turnovers, even though he was solid, especially in that second half. But Dylan Gabriel, he outplayed them. The dude was clean. 23 for 38, 285 yards, one touchdown. But it's what he did with his legs. That was the game. 14 carries, 113 yards, and one no, touchdown he was, on the ground. Like He was he fantastic. Yeah. All right, so defensive play of the game is brought to you by Moonshine. Y'all probably know Moonshine. Moonshine Patio Bar and Grill. They've got a couple locations. they got the downtown one. I've, I've been there a lot, and also Avery Ranch. And a really cool place. They've been celebrating 20 years in business. I want to thank all of Austin for, uh, for all of uh, your support. You and go see him. Great dinner. Cool weekend brunch. Moonshinegrill.com for more information i would think the defensive play of the game even though it was a drop would have been the fourth and two to stoops on the outside right yeah yeah that that was dylan gabriel's worst pass of the day if he would have hit him then those to the boundary and rushed it man you don't have much time on the boundary there true and stoops he had to turn around and it was an awkward catch you want to just kind of catch that in stride on your way out of bounds getting those yardage actually Michael- no i'm thinking of a different one to stogner so yeah, they, it yeah. looked the same. It was very similar. Like Michael Taft, right. yeah, was around both, I think. But the one to Stoops, yeah, that was a fourth and a long one. It looked like it could have been two, but it was just one and some inches. And yeah, yeah, that was a big play right there because the horns they went down, and then that's when they got stopped on the four straight plays at the one yard yep. line. So. Gosh, man, red zone's still a problem. It's still a problem. Man. I, I know, but there's something about when either it's fourth in inches at the 50 or like that first and goal from the one, it doesn't make it easier, but it's easier for me to swallow the loss knowing that, no, man, if you couldn't get in from there, like you almost don't deserve to win the game. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And – Byron Murphy, Trevondre Sweat, like they weren't moving nobody. I'm like, you do. Trevondre was, man. Trevondre, he's our player of the game. I mean, it was tough to pick uh, this game. But Trevondre at times was and at times wasn't. But Broughton, 
all those guys, right? Byron Murphy, who I think has been the best defensive lineman up until this point. Where was Byron? Well, I was talking about when they got put in on offense. On oh, that oh, 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 oh. moved over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Defense reminds yeah, He was our defensive player of the game. Yes. Not offensive player. Not offense. <laughs> Not offense. That's what I'm saying. Their big asses get in there. They didn't move nobody. Jonathan Brooks couldn't go nowhere. No, right, I didn't right. like the sweep, but still. Like, why are they in there if they ain't going to move nobody? If you're not going to. But also getting back to being more creative, it's one of the few times I would have wanted John McAvick. John McAvick on first first down probably or second down would have gone to a three tight end play action system with a flood concept. And someone would have been open. And sometimes you just, you got to do that. And the pitch on third down, those guys weren't moving people. Um, And also getting back to more, you know, the kind of the simplistic run game they have where it's a ton of inside zone. OU was taking advantage of that. And it almost that's where the coaching advantage to me really came into play is that Venables was was plugging holes and blitzing guys and plugging gaps where they kind of knew what was coming. And that shouldn't be the case with a mind as bright as Cirque. So I felt like that for a couple of years. I know he ran inside zone with Alabama. We ain't Alabama yet. The Alabama four years I'm talking about. Yeah. With, with five first round picks who are mauling people and you know, I love the backs, but they've got to be a little bit more creative in those situations. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, they were – the run game, it came along a little later than I would have liked, but it did come along, and Jonathan Brooks ended up having a solid game. Like, the Horns, they can move the ball. Like, it's just when you get pushed back five yards on false starts and the interceptions early and then Quinn Ewers fumbling, like, you can only give the other team so many opportunities to win the game. And they just had too many. They had way too many opportunities that OU crew, and they took advantage of them way more than Texas did. And it's not like Texas didn't win a time of possession. They won it 32 minutes opposed to Oklahoma's 27 minutes. So they won that battle. But just... but OU had three more first downs, three more rushing attempts, and about 50 more rushing yards. And I told you on yesterday, this game is weird, even if they're airing it out like Florida, Florida State with a fun and gun and, and basketball and grass they were playing forever. Usually in rivalry games like this, if you win the rushing total, you win the game. And it played out today. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're absolutely right. And Dylan Gabriel, that dude, just using his legs. I talk about it all the time, KD. Nothing is more deflating than not a non-brother at quarterback using his legs to get over like 20 yards when that ain't even really on the scouting report. When you're worried about everything else, <laughs> yeah. He's shaking Jalen Ford. You're right. I mean, it, this was not Tommy Frazier against Florida. No, man. Like Jalen Ford out here getting shaken, baked. And I'm like, dude, this dude, Dylan Gabriel, ain't this fast, is he? Is he this good? And salute quick, to the Hawaiian. Man. Salute to the quick. Hawaiian. That dude, yeah, he got a little Mariona in him. He, they talked about Mariona being this idol when he was in the third grade and shit. And I was like, oh, y'all saying all the things that I hate. Because Mariota. Oh, yeah. Say what you want about the quarterback Netflix series and his NFL career, his Oregon days with Chip Kelly, yo, a yeah. dude, a dude. 
So if he's looking at him as somebody to model my game after a little bit, like, come on, man. Like Dylan Gabriel, he showed us something today. And I thought this defense would be able to get him down. I thought they would be able to put pressure on him. We saw none of that. And that's a big part of the reason why the Horns are going to have that brutal uh, bus ride home. It's a, yep, it's a tough one. Uh, OU's got a cape. They've had a cupcake schedule the whole year, and they really do the rest of the way. They probably have a loss in them. Um, you know, we've talked about it. There's not much separation in college football. We laughed this week that there are 12 to 15 teams that could probably beat each other on any given day. We'll find out Kentucky's one of those teams. We'll find out certainly not OU is one of those teams. Um, but they're, you know, they're, they're flawed too. And yeah. their ceiling is probably not as high as a lot of those other teams. So we will uh, we'll find out as the year goes on. But I, I don't expect anyone to be undefeated, man. Maybe Georgia if they win tonight. But Georgia's got their own issues, too. So it's a hell of a year if you're a college football fan. And if you're a Texas fan, like I said, really the goal should be double-digit wins. And you obviously want to win the Big 12. And I think they've got the talent to do that. And the Big 12 is that wide open. But Texas is is flawed as well. All right, let's get to our um, our final word by Paul's Motorworks. Uh, Paul's Motorworks has been around since 2000. I love all of our people, man. They've been around forever. Specializing in BMW, Mini Cooper, Mercedes-Benz, uh, Audi, Volkswagen, Porsche, they do more than that, but they really focus on that. And so it's where BK gets his oil changes. You can uh, trust them with your car, which is a nice thing. Don't always get that. It is pmwaustin.com to check out Paul's Motor Works. Man, we've hit a lot of stuff here. This game had so much in it. This reminds me of Notre Dame, Ohio State, and then Notre Dame Duke. I don't think either team's walking out. The OU fans that are really objective know, man, we outplayed you, but you've got more talent right now. And that's a good feeling because I've been on that side as a Texas fan. And when you know they've got a little bit more talent or a lot more talent and you end up outplaying them and winning the game, it feels good. So props to OU for that. But there was just not a ton of separation with any of those three games I just mentioned right there. And, and, OU gets the dub. So uh, what, what, what are your final thoughts here? Well, to win championships, you not only have to be good, but you have to have a little bit of luck too. And if you go back to the 05 team, the only person that missed the game was Brian Robinson. That's it. Everybody else on that squad was healthy and played all the games throughout the season. So now you got Jake Majors dealing with an injury. Um, you already have another, what, lineman that's been out yeah well, so Cole Hudson Cole Hudson, Cole Hudson right been yeah out yeah. Ryan Watts missed this game and it clearly showed it's they gonna test their depth man yeah it's gonna test them it's and, and test the depth them. didn't look great today not at all so this bye week even though losing the OU going into a bye can't get much worse than that but yeah. this is a needed bye week like these guys need to get off their feet and get revved up for the second half of the season and hopefully with what you just said KD all the parody around college football a lot of teams will knock each other off so Texas could still be in a good position if they went out to make the CFP so yeah. I know that's a lot to look 
forward to, and they still got to take it from week to week. But this loss, trying to be make it as light as possible, even though this is a very dark time for Texas fans, you could see this team again. And hopefully you can see them again, and you're going to be way more locked in and way more healthy than you were going into the Red River shootout today, and you handle your business when that time comes. I agree. Um, but I think both programs should be very – not dark, but light about, you know, think about OU last year. I mean, you, you know, we've got Silverman here who's, God, dude, are you that big of a fucking loser that you're an OU fan on a Texas postgame deal? Laugh out loud. Diminishing OU's potential. I just said you're one of the top 12 teams. Like, the hate is strong. No, there's not. You're the one that clearly has some other things going on in life. But you won. We said that. and But OU's got warts. Texas has warts. Everyone has warts, and so you kind of see where it shakes out. But I think both programs – I mean, Brian Stubbs, one of my best friends, is a lifelong OU guy, but an objective one. I mean, one that is not on our message board right now, but is really happy right now. I'm going to call him after and say, hey, man, you guys won fair fair and square. But the bigger picture for them is they weren't totally sold on Venables. That's a reality, and I think they should be right. And I think they're obviously moving in the right direction, but Texas is too. And so for all the Texas fans that were, we're going to go undefeated and be in the CFP, man, you usually don't make that leap from a, what, eight and five team last year, whatever yeah. they were. Yeah. And what were they five and seven the year before that? Yep. You know, um, coming off of what they've been coming off of. I think both programs are moving in the right direction. OU is a better team today. So but as a Texas fan, the biggest thing is get healthy and you should be able to run the table. I don't think they will probably, but I didn't think they'd go undefeated. So there may be a BYU, a K-State in there that grabs them. Someone will probably get OU. Someone will probably get Georgia. Someone will probably get Ohio State. Someone will probably get Penn State. Like It is that type of year. So uh, it's still open if you're really thinking about that. But for Texas – they got to play better. They got to lick their wounds. And um, yeah, this one hurts. It doesn't, I don't know. It, it doesn't hurt as, as much as maybe some of the other ones because they got, you know, they got beaten self-inflicted wounds too. Right. Right. Yeah. It's nice to talk it out with good people like yourself, man. I, I do feel better. Probably when we get off here, I'm going to get pissed I've, off. I've also here. gotten older, man. I got other stuff on my mind right now, like yeah. real stuff, like not, you know, I mean, I trust me, I wish Texas would have won. It stings. It'll sting. But but they're, they're going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Silverman's like just giving you all some shit, dude. It's, I, I was giving it back to you, man. It, it, it's 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 all good, you know. Um, but yeah, subscribe and tell knows, your friends. You're here. He, yeah, I'll take it. Hey, he knows OU. Like they've got to be feeling. They're feeling a lot like Texas probably was after Bama as fans. Like, man, this thing really is moving in the right direction, and yeah. that's a good feeling. And Texas, uh, they got to figure some stuff out. They got to get healthy though, too. Yeah, because Cole Hudson, I think, would have been the backup center if he was out. Ooh. And Cole Hudson's super bright. Right. So, you know, my Westlake boy, Connor, but like he's a freshman, dude. He's going to be yeah. a good player. And, you know, you ran into stuff that to where positions like that to where they got exposed a little bit today. 
Yeah, not everybody could beat James Brown and get just thrown into this game for your first reps. And right, then exactly. not, not everybody could do that. Like, no. that's a very hard thing. And by the do. way, that was a Gene Dahlquist and John McEvitt game plan that was brilliant. This yeah. one wasn't. There were a lot of boots and waggles, and they won 24-17 with Stoney Clark making a play at the end, which yeah. kind of feels like that to us today. Oh, man. It's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. It's, 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 the program's moving in the right direction. They're recruiting their ass off. The depth is not where I thought it was, or a lot of people probably thought it was, and that got exposed today. It's the, it's the beauty of sports, man. Someone told me a long time ago, if you can't deal, if you can't deal with losing, you can't deal with winning. And that never made any sense to me. But you watch long enough, and, and that's true. You got to deal with the losses to really enjoy the wins. Yeah, hopefully this pisses this Texas team off to where they could go on the run and just be unstoppable till they get to Jerry World. But we got to see what happens, man. Yeah, week to week, week to week, brother. Hey, I appreciate you coming on and being a part of this. I, I really love the last three shows we've done. So we got to we gotta find maybe like some old NBA or college basketball to do like a recorded pod. On. <laughs> You know, I'd love to definitely have Joe Dumars and John Sally with you, dude. Oh, man, you're throwing it back, those bad boys, man. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm always down for some old hey, school basketball talk. Lots of people listening on the way back. We appreciate y'all. Even appreciate the OU fans listening. You know, we're, we're having fun with this. We're both moving to the SEC. So, y'all won. Congrats, Texas. Let's uh, get back to the drawing board, right? That's right. Y'all be safe driving back home, man. Yeah, be, be safe, safe, all right? Y'all be safe. Y'all take care. Thank <laughs> you.